0: Table Reads with Sean McBee, Kelly LeVier, and Joshua Baker.
1: Welcome back, everyone. We're doing part two of Josh Whedon's Wonder Woman from 2006. I am th- so thrilled to have Kelly and Josh both Aww. here with me. Say hello, everybody. Hey. Oh, hello, everybody. They're so excited. <laughs>
2: Josh, I know that you are now Steve Trevor, but you will always be magnificent in my phone.
1: <laughs> you're, you're, you're still
2: beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful thing.
1: And they both have me in their phones as Sean.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it, you it, originally, it was Sean Mojo Jojo.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, you could be yeah. Mojo.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was Sean
1: Podcast Guy. <laughs> and you know, this year at, at uh, Dragon Con, I'm going to really up my effort to talk as Mojo Jojo Mm. while I'm Mojo Jojo because Reddit was unhappy with the amount of Mojo Jojo talking that I did apparently. How
2: did they know?
1: Because people like took the photo like oh I saw that guy and they're like did he talk like Mojo Jojo? Uh No sad face. Oh well fail then.
2: (laughs) Fuck you Reddit. Yeah that sounds like Reddit.
1: You put a thing on Reddit and people made fun of you. What? Fuck with you like <laughs> other people put a thing on Reddit so like those fifty thousand likes nah, I didn't get that nope I posted it myself I got five thousand it's not nothing.
3: oh somebody else reposted your post
1: no somebody posted it first yeah. oh I see I see that makes yeah sense. the next day I was walking around and and uh, Vince was like, yo man, you are all over the internet and I was like what
2: casual humble brag. Humble
1: brags. <laughs> yeah, yeah, weird flex. <laughs> no, no, it was it was weird for me. Well your
0: front no, it was page. Super that's awesome. that's, yeah. that's
3: exactly how I met Sean. Like I, I, I remember him telling me I that. sent him a text. I was like, oh well, dude, this is fucking legit. Like you look just like Mojo Jojo.
2: Which is what in the wants to hear. Off of yeah. the
3: front page of Reddit. That's how I
1: met Sean. I mean, it's a it's a rare few of us that can make the front page. It's the front page of the internet, really? man.
2: Yeah. So says it right there.
1: Yeah. So, um, let's find out where we've been
0: previously on table read. All
1: right. So last time we had just a pretty straightforward Wonder Woman opening. Steve Trevor crashes on Themyscira. The Amazons want to kill him. Diana wants to spare him and challenges her mother, Queen Hippolyta, to rescue him and be allowed to accompany him back to the world at large. There was also some weird animal control thing going on, but it was never explained and was probably going to get cut in editing anyway, so best not to mention it. Uh, When we left off, Steve Trevor's plane was seen flying away from the island, possibly thanks to Amazonian mechanics.
3: That's Question not. A, that, I don't feel like that's a thing. I mean, they were forging in that scene, so I mean, it might have been forging propeller props and like, you know, rivets. Yeah, like engine parts a and rivet spark gun. plugs. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: That plane crashed hard. That's true. It was, it crashed because while it was in the air, it was made to not be able to be in the air any longer. <laughs> and now, after having crashed to the ground, it's in the air and we're just not going to talk about it. Instantaneously too. I I will grant that there must be some sort of time cut here. Yeah. Oh yeah almost okay. certainly. Okay. But are they ordering in parts? Maybe Steve knows how to fix it. I feel is like Is it held together with vines? There's another island where it's only men.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and all they do all day is smoke cigarettes and make engine parts
1: and like
2: no, that checks and, out.
1: And right. talking numbers they because sp- they just love sports. They spit They, <laughs> so they spit only- in spittoons. <laughs> <laughs> you know, man stuff. Man stuff. <laughs> stuff. <laughs> That's what Josh and I do when you're not
3: here. Wait, wait, wait. No, no. So like the Amazons are like, they're like burly and like bad already. So would it be the opposite of that? It'd be like queer. All the guys
1: are fat. It's a
3: queer eye island. Like... I would want to go there. They're all like a sequence. Hello, like <laughs> Queer <laughs> Island.
0: <laughs> it's beautiful. That's perp- I need that to it's happen. It's
3: gorgeous, yeah. Let's land on that island. That's it, the one between the two. They didn't fix the plane though.
2: <laughs> no, they did not. That's no, not
3: on
1: the no, adjust. Abs- absolutely. They did not. a stellar job Wait, robot, you want me to yeah. sweat?
2: <laughs> Wait, no, that's me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this plane needs an accent wall, ladies. <laughs> True. Right, so that's where we were. And now is where we are. Fade in. Interior, plane, day. Steve pilots. That's a a weird use of pilot as a verb. Good for him, though. Two words. Diana kneels in the back, facing away from him. She's in a simple white tunic which on her is anything but simple. Mm. He does have this Bill Goldman thing. Yeah. Where, like, he likes to talk <laughs> about how beautiful everybody is. Yeah. At least it didn't be, like, that ass, like... <laughs> Yet. He like, has yeah.
2: Talk about her curvaceous, taut body, though.
1: Yeah. We know what Wonder Woman looks like. Yeah. We know you're not hiring... Roseanne to be Wonder Woman. Yeah.
2: That would be a parody, though, that I would probably not watch. However,
1: <laughs> since you mentioned the word curvaceous specifically, really not knowing about Kobe Smulders now.
2: No, it, she would not have been a good Wonder Woman.
1: I mean, just she because has the, she has
2: dark hair does not make her a good Wonder Woman. She has the
1: face for it, but mm-hmm. not.
2: I don't think so. She's too square jawed.
1: I mean she, she could be Wonder Woman's pretty yeah. often square jawed mm. In the comics Because that's how you draw a strong woman Is give her a square jaw
2: No I mean that checks out Yeah <laughs> comic book 101
1: Yeah <laughs> Anyway um, Steve, <laughs> Steve Pilots I love that A cloth is opened to show her few Belongings The outfit a sword and the golden Rope her mother used She runs her hand along it. It glows. Underlighting the the uncertain... Under... Underlighting. That's weird. Underlighting the uncertainty and regret she'll not show anyone else. Is that a use of underlighting that you've ever seen? No. I...
2: In fact, never.
1: Never. I would have said underlining. But let's move on. Exterior, coast, day. As the plane approaches land, Steve is working the radio, Diana standing behind, looking out. Sorry, I just got a real Han and Chewy vibe. We hear Ben's South African accent coming in over the static. Steve! Where the hell have you been? We thought you were lost at sea!
3: Oh, I was lost alright. Tell Griffin he better have a new engine in his kit. I had to put this thing back with packing tape how's my approach little high skipper gotcha weather looks good and any wind I don't know about
1: skies are clear skipper hit the runway early or you'll run out of room roger that lame duck out damn it my question is uh why has he got two call signs
2: I think we're about to find out I
1: think he just calls him oh mm, what's wrong he called me skipper
2: What does that mean? Trouble. What kind of trouble?
1: Exterior. Runway. Okay, so hold on. If it's a code word then, why did he not acknowledge...
2: Because that means he's compromised. You wouldn't acknowledge
1: you're compromised. No, I mean, why didn't he... Why did he say lame duck out? Because then that sounds like you called him Skipper, but he said he was lame duck. Something's weird here. Or Skipper is just a
2: nickname. I think he is playing along by not acknowledging it.
1: I don't know Anyway Exterior runway Day The lame duck touches down And as it passes We hold on two men in foreground Cradling automatic rifles Soldiers As the plane comes to a stop I cannot As the plane comes I gotta delete that one I don't like that track at all I think I put it on there when we did Batman versus Superman: Asylum, and it made so much sense because that script was a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> douchebag ass script. I mean, I labeled that track "douche rock."
2: That I mean, yeah, that that's fair.
1: Douche rock. As the plane comes to a stop, we also see our crew, Ben. M- Mizamane. Dr. Moira Sully Sullivan and Griffith Thiel. Ben is dark-skinned, dignified, and dryly witty. The diplomat of the bunch. Sully is Irish. Red hair, a bright contrast to Diana's. Brusque and efficient, but warm to the core. Kelly, can you do an Irish accent? Not at all. Not even a little. Can you try?
2: Ooh, no. No one wants that. (laughs) Not even a little.
1: She is brusque and efficient. (laughs) I do want that
2: <laughs> I, I
1: would I would settle for Scottish <laughs>
2: <laughs> I can't I'm so bad at accents I,
3: Irish I, I always get it mixed up I had hey, a faith in Bagora, Is that
1: Irish? Okay so here's the difference
3: Scottish is like Right with, Scottish
1: with, I, with Irish You start up here And you start to rattle on Down to the bottom But with Scottish You go the other way around The way to the way around Scottish, Scottish, Scottish You start down at the bottom And you work your way up Work your way up <laughs>
3: Are you good at this?
2: I think I you to, should be Moira, right. and I'll be Griffin. You
1: are a red-headed woman who is... But
2: I am not Irish, nor can I do an Irish accent. Who is, uh...
3: <laughs> brusque and efficient. Brusque and efficient, but, but warm, warm to, to, to the, the, cool the core. core.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, that's, that's where the <laughs> <some> similarities
1: end. <laughs> 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 uh, Griffin, the mechanic looks like he should be on a surfboard and probably often is bro oh he's totally Justin yeah (laughs) they emerge from their little tentplex another word I have never seen tentplex this guy is like the modern day Shakespeare just making words looking various shades of concerned Angolan Major Milan Goshnak. the cause for their concern the soldier's leader, he is every inch the petty warlord. Interior, plain, uh. continuing. Steve finishes the approach and hops out of his seat, urging Diana away from the window.
3: Sorry, I lost my, my place. Here we go. Now look, you stay here no matter what. You stay here, you stay hidden. Got it? You're not ready
1: to deal with these people. No offense stay. I mean, I saw a sword shatter against your skin, but I feel like I'm better prepared to deal with They may with hurt this. your feelings, so... You are just a soft woman.
2: Emphasis on soft, clearly.
1: Curvaceous. You need to be protected, alright? Let the big man do all the heavy lifting. Which at this point is not misogynistic. On the writer's part... Because he has to set up a little bit of misogyny for her to disprove.
2: Right? Maybe. Maybe.
1: Hopefully.
2: <laughs> Wait, what year is this taking place? Did we say that yet?
1: Didn't say. I read that it was modern day. He's.
2: Mm, good he's, to know.
1: He's flying a prop plane.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, are we back in the 40s? So it's a 40s? I
1: guess we'll find but out. I think that it is.
2: Modern. 2006. Okay. I hope Diana tries to use an iPhone.
1: It is Yeah. Well, there is no iPhone yet. This is 2006. I hope she uses a written. razor. Yeah. Yeah. Flicked. <laughs> Flick. He exits and she watches him through the window as Sully and Ben come to greet him. Goshnak approaches from a distance. Okay, so I know Goshnak is like a, a an African warlord. But I really want him to be Russian because of that name, Goshnek.
2: I think that's creative interpretation. You should embrace that. Mm,
3: he does. No. He probably does a really good African warlord. <laughs> <laughs> that's though. true. He did a, a good
1: that. Juba last time. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's just a gruff, a yeah. gruffer Juba. Yeah. Exterior runway continuing. Ben Sully.
2: Where the hell have you been?
3: Funny story, but with poignant moments and a twist ending. Hello, Major Goshnak. You haven't been fair with us, Mr. Trevor. My apologies. I had to do repairs on the plane.
1: I barely made it. My men have been here two extra days providing protection for your people. And this vessel is much bigger than you indicated. Very conspicuous. Everything's on your list, nothing more. Except a few personal items, gifts for you, for the safe landing. I'm sure we can work out some kind of compensation for the delay as well. You have no idea what it costs me to keep my men out of the field.
2: We told you you didn't need to stay.
1: You're very naive, Doctor. Without my men to guard you, your precious refugees would have turned on you.
2: Their families, Goshnik. They're starving.
1: We are grateful for everything you've done. And what is your gratitude? A few paltry bribes? They're not paltry. These are quality bribes. <laughs> I am at war. I need what is on that plane. Of course, a percentage of all of it. It is mine. The group hesitates, realizing how bad this is getting. Maybe we should back up. Maybe I leave your... Wait. Maybe... I leave you your plane, eh? He shouts something to his men, who come forward and then stop, guns raised. Steve and the others turn to see. Diana is in the doorway, (laughs) looks around her. Steve grimaces. Sully and Ben look as curious as goshnack.
2: My God, that is a quality bribe. (laughs)
1: That is a quality bribe. Angle, Diana, as she lowers herself, her bare foot heading for the dirt close on her foot as it touches ground the moment it does angle the trees blow suddenly with a whistling wind angle the mountains as the same effect ripples through the dense trees for as far as the eye can see angle a sailboat on the ocean suddenly puffed of sail angle a city seen from ground level as a piece of newspaper whips from the ground, arcing.
2: I like to think I have this effect when I walk into a room.
1: <laughs> every room, Kelly. Every, every room, every, all of them. <laughs> I Tre- mean, that
2: trees never get a break around me.
1: <laughs> That's why I have continue to clean blowing up every time after you walk in. <laughs> Angle a dark room where a figure, in close with his back to us, turns slightly, hearing something no one else can. The figure is hard to see but clearly big and not quite human. Angle, back on the airstrip. The argument continues. Who is this? you said nothing of a girl. Um, Steve?
3: She's a friend. She's not staying here.
2: What are you doing here? Who are you? What are you doing? These people have work to do. Why are you hindering them?
1: Diana, this is not... All the goods on that plane are mine. (laughs) No, they're not. Do you dare to question my authority? Authority
2: that cannot be questioned should look for a different name.
1: Goshnak pulls his pistol, aims it at Diana's chest. Of course he does. Steve tries to step between, but more soldiers cock their rifles. All right, let's be cool. You bring this whore to insult me? What did you say?
3: Diana, shut up. Nobody's insulting you.
1: Sorry, that's all I've been thinking about the whole time is the warlord from Book of Mormon. Book of Mormon. I will cut off (laughs) our Just cut it off. Which is from Book of Mormon. I'm not just being vulgar. Yeah.
2: I've not seen it, so it's just vulgar to me.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. It's good. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, it's good. You're gonna go. I'll read my line again. No, I don't want to, but... You bring this whore to insult me? What did you say?
3: Diana, shut up. Nobody's insulting you. I should put you
1: all down like rabid dogs. It's going to be fine!
2: If you want to challenge me, then be man enough to... He
1: shoots her in the chest. She spins slightly with the force of it as everything else freezes. Even Goshnak. She puts a hand to her chest, confused. Blood runs over her hand. She drops to her knees. Sully and Steve move to her, but the soldiers all cock and point. Take the plane, take everything, please. Just let us help her. Diana is on her hands and knees. An unlovely gurgle in her breath. She pushes hard on the unseen wound. A few moments, and she wrenches her hand from her chest, rearing back onto her knees. In her bloody hand, she holds the bullet. She stares at it, standing shakily up. Goshnek backs off a step, freaked. She holds the bullet up to him, furious, confusion in her eyes. She looks at Steve.
2: Are you people insane?
1: And down she goes, face first.
2: End script. Really good Wonder Woman, guys. That was That was quality. No. what no. why
1: why did the bullet hurt her
2: but a sword doesn't
1: because she's not on the island, she's, no, not on the island. Yeah. she's Wonder Woman Is what I mean why didn't well, she I go guess she does always block, block them. It ping, her. yeah, ping, yeah. Ping. so maybe bullets
3: can hurt her
2: in this mythos yeah
3: she pulled it out of her chest so like
1: that's pretty badass like, and then she fell on her face so some column A, some column B. Exterior, Gateway City, night. The first thing we see is the tower, spearhead technologies. Gleaming blackly in the night. Gleaming blackly? Yeah, I paused on that also. Gleaming bl- I mean... My iPhone sort of gleams blackly. Yeah, yeah. Well, kinda, yeah. But not in the night! I mean, if a light was on it, it would. And that light... Is not gleaming blackly. That's gleaming lightly. Oh, hey, that's me. Oh, yeah. I opened my phone and there's Kelly, first <laughs> thing. Just like earlier when we opened the Dragon Con pamphlet, and there's Kelly. That's true. First thing.
2: It was super exciting. I was it, like, wait, that's you, me.
3: You open it up and all the we, all the trees start rustling. <laughs> <and> you,
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> the pages start <laughs> <tearing>.
2: <laughs> Some wizard gets his wand.
3: <laughs> <laughs> when you see Kelly a wizard gets his wand <laughs> I feel like you just goldman that
2: I meant from the pages flipping that's what happens when like Harry what magazine watch.
3: are you opening like, <laughs> 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 welcome back <Kelly. laughs>
1: I'm just gonna quietly eat this banana <laughs> <gasps> oh you guys you don't know this, but he legitimately is eating. Even- <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I am. You, I see, you brought props for a podcast.
3: <laughs> well, they're not for the. You know, I bring snacks, but I would try not to bring stuff that's like
1: <clears> hamon,
3: <throat> schmon, like like Doritos. <laughs> yeah, I made that mistake
1: a few times, and Sean would look over me like, "Are you really fucking eating that right oh, now?" Oh, see, you <laughs> we'll learn the hard guess. way because when Kelly first started coming on the podcast, we ordered a pizza. And we're eating it on the air. And some people were like, guys, that was not pleasant to listen to. Right. (laughs) But it was so
2: good for us.
3: (laughs) It really was.
1: That's some ASMR. (laughs) Uh, Gleaming blackly in the night, the tower dwarfs everything around it, even the other massive downtown buildings, and does resemble the head of a spear. We arm down. We arm down. And the city rises up before us. Gateway City is massive. Great eclectic towers sitting on sloping hills. The poorer section is not unlike a rundown version of San Francisco's Chinatown. Crumbling and unsafe, but with splashes of color and bohemian charm. And in the comics, Gateway City is often uh, an analog to San Francisco. Mm. The camera continues down. Through the street and into an empty subway station. Then even further down to... Interior. Tunnels under the city. Night. It's big, dark, and decrepit. Old tracks run off into the darkness of unused tunnels. Ladders and sewer pipes run up from it. Stagnant water greens the walls. It is, in every sense, a low place. The lowest place. Climbing down a ladder is Jeff... J-E-P-H
2: the whitest spelling of Jeff imaginable
3: I want to be
1: Jeff seriously if I was a Starbucks barista and some guys like Jeff and I said how do you spell that and he said J-E-P-H you just pour it on him (laughs) I would make his drink and call the police and say there is a date rapist here you may want to come get (laughs) him and spit in it like all his videos
3: (laughs) oh wait am I Jeff
0: Well, we haven't gotten it yet. We're
3: not there yet. Oh,
1: but. But yes. Yeah, you are. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Jeff, an older homeless man. What? That's not.
2: That's not who Jeff is. You (laughs) play Jeff how you want to play Jeff.
1: Sup,
0: nerds.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And a young woman, Ginny Wells, smartly but practically dressed because a. a young woman, smartly and practically dressed, is definitely hanging out with an older homeless man named Date Rape Jeff. <laughs> People think it's just stories that I'm trying to scare them.
3: That I'm hits his head. It's not a working system, not viable. But Ruiz knows all about it. Ruiz has made his mark.
2: That's uh, Victor Ruiz, right? They said he left the shelter. I saw some of his some of his work.
3: He ain't here. Ain't been down here since he finished. There's none of us now. Even the rats are moving up. Guess that's what it wants.
2: What? Who wants?
3: You're not a reporter, are you?
2: Yes, I told you that. That's why you brought me here. You have something to show me.
1: He leads her into the chamber. Holding a hand to stop the chamber we didn't mention before.
2: Right, yeah. I don't know why I'm picturing them on a water tower right now, but that's where they are in my head, just so you guys
1: are here with me. But we are in tunnels under the city.
2: Yeah, it's a water tower for me right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, fuck that slug line. Don't give a shit. This is a water tower. He leads her into the chamber, holding a hand to stop her. Slow. You go down, it gets you. Quizzically, she looks down to see Angle, holes in the floor, eaten away metal, rusty beams, sheets of old wood, looking down to an even lower place. She steps carefully toward the wall Jeff stands below. Then she pops a flare and holds it up. She stares. Drop back wide to see her before a half-graffiti, half-American primitive mural depicting a figure in armor on a horse stabbing a giant dragon. Behind them, towers crumble and burn. It's eerie and awkward, and very beautiful.
2: St. George and the Dragon? This is just like the drawings. Why did he...
1: A low rumbling becomes noticeable. Ginny looks up.
2: Train's coming.
1: But Jeff just shakes his head and points down. Ginny stares at the holes beneath her feet, as the rumbling grows louder. The space below grows lighter, but not from the harsh beams of a train. The light is red, flickering, and the space appears to be carved out of the earth. A moment, and it roars beneath us, visible only in flickers. Metal, yes, but with a mouthful of fire and an undulate, rippled body that shoots through the tunnel as fast as a train screeching unlike anything. Is this the dragon train that Billy Batson was on? It is both DC.
2: My God.
1: The white deformed face with the bright red teeth and the carved metal skull cap appears right next to hers, grinning horrifically. No,
0: not yours.
1: That seemed like a voice. Yeah, that was terrifying. This character's strife. She tries to scream, but he grabs her throat. We get a better look at strife now. He's big, muscled, metal bands around his arms. I'm tired of getting stereotyped. (laughs) (laughs) A black cape rippling in the wind from below. Helmet, or is that his head, of burnished silver. All right, I'm going to call it right now. Joss Whedon's favorite word is burnished Mm, Burnished He
2: also likes glumly
1: Glumly. He glumly burnishes his (laughs) His silver head As we see him head to toe We see what Ginny sees just then Jeff's body Hunched over Head lying a few feet away Got what was coming to him
2: I'm a reporter People know where I am They'll be looking for me Let them
1: He pushes her away, and she falls into the hole, screaming as whatever's passing underneath rips her, unseen, to bits. For a moment, Strife stands alone. He looks up at the mural, ignoring the grinding, and screams.
0: Table Reads will return after this brief word from our sponsors. What's up, docs and
3: docketts? Trevor Thompson, the self-appointed
0: Looney Tunes critic here. And if
3: you like old cartoons and watching online reviewers dissect them, then you probably said the same thing I did about two years ago.
0: Hey, what the f***? Here, watch your language, bud.
3: Every Saturday morning, I do a brand new commentary of a Warner Brothers short. All throughout the month, I do video essays examining the history of these cartoons. Catch my videos on YouTube.com slash Ferris Wheelhouse 2. Or just use the hashtag Looney Tunes Critic. And now, here's Eric Bauza, the new voice of Bugs Bunny. <laughs>
0: You've been listening to the Looney Tunes critic, ain't he a stinker? Lights, camera, action! So the movie's a good which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Now back to table reads. All right, so.
1: We finally started getting a little weird with the script, I think. Would you guys agree? Causing mm. some strife.
2: I don't think it's been worse than expected in a superhero film.
1: Yeah,
3: you no, know, no, it's not Not super bizarre or nothing. Nothing wonked out or... Yet. I mean, everything in
1: the entire script is burnished.
2: Everything is burnished.
1: It is. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I'm sure the subway grates were burnished. every. Oh.
2: Yeah, no, gleaming
1: beautifully. And see that's the the magical s- symmetry of superhero works is that the 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 hero and the villain are opposite sides of a coin. Batman is the dark grim knight and his main nemesis is a clown. You know, they they complement each other and Wonder Woman is burnished with her breastplate and strife is burnished with his metal skull it's it's poetry guys i'm think, really trying to go for the like unbreakable Mr. Glass yeah whole you
2: guys can't see it but Josh thing. and i just looked at each other like huh uh.
1: <sighs>
3: like wow why that's sarcasm you right
1: <laughs> <laughs> it it was sarcasm yes it was
3: it's gleaming blackly.
1: Yeah! <laughs> you know why the building was gleaming blackly? It was burnished. It's nighttime.
0: Nighttime. Fade in.
1: Exterior tent night. Near the runway is a cluster of tents, our base camp. Steve and Ben wait outside of one tent. Griffin approaches. Uh, who should be Griffin? He's the mechanic. Oh, you want me to be the bro?
2: Yeah, always. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: that's yeah, right. Yeah. He's the bro guy. Is she gonna make it? Steve shrugs. Hold on. Every time Ben comes up, I forget his voice. <clears throat> okay. South, South Africa. S- that's Sully hard. kicked us out. lot of blood.
3: Where on the green earth did you find her, boss? I can't believe Goshnak. Who the hell shoots an unarmed, tasty looking girl? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and here we go
1: Who the hell shoots an unarmed Tasty looking girl <laughs> The same man who steals medicine From dying children I really hope this South African accent is okay It's, it's not bad Because <gasps> I've known Some South African people and I don't want them They're scarier
3: their I would say that. their their voices are a little more scary. You're like the the nice friend who also lives in South Africa, like splits his well, time between like
1: <laughs> like like Sid, Sydney yeah. and South Africa. Like. My my ear is 100 unable to discern between a South African accent and a Kiwi accent. Mm. So I'm just going with my best Kiwi, sure. which I have never attempted before. Yeah, so I'm just like. I'll talk like Peter Jackson. It's, <laughs> it's like
2: it's much better than my Irish. It's so. like
1: BQE, but, but like, I so appreciate your attempt to do it. Just for
2: you guys. I hate it every minute.
1: <laughs> I love it. It's
2: so <laughs> that <bad>. makes <laughs> me
1: love it more. <laughs> the same man who steals medicine from dawning children. The flap opens and Sully steps out. By the set of her jaw, we know she's not happy. Steve stands.
2: There's nothing more I can do.
1: What what do you mean there's... Diana strides out of the tent, passing them all without comment. Sully gestures. That's what I mean. Steve follows Diana as she heads briskly for the plane. What what are you doing up?
2: I was unconscious. How long?
1: About six hours. You shouldn't be...
2: Six hours? Goddess.
1: Hey, stop! She does, and he looks at her shoulder. There is a small scar there. By daybreak, there won't be. You're healed.
2: Yes, after hours. It's degrading to be felled by a tiny piece of metal. I didn't know something could hurt that much.
3: Welcome to the world. She starts walking again.
2: I have to get started. Doing what? The supplies. Are they still in the plane?
3: They took them up to camp. It's in the hills,
1: about two miles up. What do you think you're going to
3: do?
2: Get them back.
1: As she almost reaches the plane, a guard steps out with his rifle pointed forward. No one goes near nearer! Without breaking stride, Diana grabs the barrel of the rifle and swings the guard behind her, keeping hold of the rifle as he goes flying 20 feet and lands with a thud. She examines the rifle as she ducks under the front of the plane, Steve still trailing.
2: So what? You're gonna go up there and kill all those guys? I will kill a warrior on a battlefield. Nobody.
1: Turning over the rifle.
2: Who hides behind one of these is a warrior.
1: She tosses it aside and hops up into the plane. Steve is following her when he sees she's disrobed in the dark with her back to us. So he hovers just outside.
3: Yeah, they're called soldiers. There's about 30 of them and they've all got hundreds of little pieces of metal that hurt a lot and grenades and a whole combo platter of things they you've never heard of so let's go to plan b in which you don't get yourself and the rest of us killed
2: you won't be fighting
3: that's not the point you're gonna start a freaking firefight
1: those people are not diana they shot you for talking she steps into the doorway as he moves past he's at ground level looking up at her she's in the outfit
2: I have no plans to talk.
1: Exterior, hillside, night. The treetops pass below us as we sweep up the hill to see the camp nestled in a flat clearing. A big tent for the men, a makeshift metal shack for Goshnak, A couple of jeeps with machine gun mounts and a transport truck. Most everyone is asleep, with about six guys standing guard in the camp itself. Angle, the edge of camp. Diana peers out of the woods. The truck is nearest, right by the slope down toward the wood. Beyond is the tent. To the left is Goshnak's shack. The jeeps are not visible from here, and only four of the six guards, three by the truck, one in front of the shack. She looks around the ground, picks up two stones that fit nicely in her palm. She tosses one high. The three guards by the truck hear a rustling as the stone lands in the brush behind beyond them. They move toward it. The guard by the shack watches them. The second stone nails him in the head and he ragdolls to the ground soundlessly. Angle. The truck as Diana leaps into the midst of the men. The truck is between us and them, but the camera inches under, watching feet growing, watching feet going as Diana spins and kicks. One soldier hits the ground as the camera creeps under the undercarriage and another hits the truck, makes it shake inches above our heads, and we finally see the third come down with a boot on his throat and the camera clears the undercarriage to look up at Diana standing over her combatants, extremely low angle, every inch a hero. She looks over at the truck, the hill beyond, and the tent. Interior, tent. Exterior, house hillside a bit later we see some 20 soldiers inside sleeping in cots in two rows one nearest the flap hears noise opens it to see the back of the truck nothing out of the ordinary angle by the cab stands diana she grips the back of the cab plants her feet wide and heaves the truck rolling easily past her you guys enjoying your break mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's, like <laughs> it's a very very on.
1: long break yeah <laughs> The soldier is thrown as chains attached from the truck to the tent go taut right between his legs, coming up and nailing him just before the tent is pulled into him. The truck rolls down the hill, picking up speed, and the entire tent is coming with it, falling in on itself but still sliding along. Interior tent continuing. The men being thrown and battered, trying to get up or out, suddenly tipping. Exterior, hillside, continuing, as the tent is pulled down the hill violently by barreling by the barreling truck. Diana breaks for the shack, and the jeep with the remaining two soldiers lights her up with its high beams as it roars at her. Inside, one drives while the other scrambles back for the mounted machine gun. Diana runs at it, onto the hood, and body slams the guy in back right off, instantly turning and getting her shoulder under the gun, while gripping the barrel. A moment's strain and it rips out of its moorings and she sledgehammers it into the driver, crushing the windshield and most of his seat as he jellyfishes to the floor to avoid being crunched. The jeep rolls away as she flips off it, right in front of the shack but facing the hill, where a few men are scrambling back up. Angle, Goshnak's gun, is in his hand as the shack door flies open, Sighted like a first-person shooter at Diana's back, 20 feet away, the finger squeezes and everything slows down, the noise of the bullet in the chamber alone and vibratingly loud. Angle. Diana. Also slowed down, as she hears the now indelible sound, and and momentary panic crosses her face. She starts to turn. The gun fires, and we speed back up as she completes the turn with her fist up, the bullets sparking off her bracelet cool we hold on her look slow burn anger with the sparking intensity of real fear half hidden by the famous bracelet a moment Nak shoots again and she moves her arm only slightly she walks toward him confidence building as he repeatedly shoots and she uses either arm not just blocking the bullets but whacking them away almost dismissively finally reaching him and grabbing the gun hand wrenching the gun to the ground as she grabs his throat
2: stop shooting me
1: the gun hits the ground and Diana brings her heel on it with enough force to break it
2: this land is not safe for you the people here are under my protection and if you even approach them your death will be appalling remember that when you awake
1: She headbutts him, her tiara ringing off his forehead like a blunted bell. She drops him to the ground. She turns to look at the few stragglers coming up the hill. They have nothing but submission in their eyes. Exterior, refugee camp, night. We find our group amongst the refugees. Sully is treating the sick in a half burnt out building. Food has been distributed, and people are sitting in little clusters, eating. Diana walks among them taking in their urgency. Angle, an old woman, glares at Diana mistrustfully. I get to do an old woman? Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who are you?
1: Diana isn't sure how to respond. The woman scuttles back into the shadows. That was (sighs) pointless. Diana looks around to see. Angle, a little boy, is digging food out of a can with his fingers, a middle-aged man, maybe his father, looks through some empty cans. He sees the boy and yanks the food from him, stares greedily, gulping at himself. Starts, starts greedily gulping at himself.
3: Yeah, starvation doesn't seem to make people nicer. It's weird.
2: How could the gods allow this?
3: Your gods are dead, Diana. world hasn't been theirs for a long, long while.
1: She looks at him. He almost says something conciliatory, but just turns away. He walks off as Ben approaches. Don't mind Steve. He doesn't like people very much. He
2: spends his life trying to help them.
1: Well, he's not very bright. She smiles, falls into step with him through the camp. Steve was Air Force. Flew some combat missions. Even got downed once. Spent five days fighting his way back to the border a soldier I wouldn't have thought he doesn't talk about it much but it gave him a healthy distrust of anyone with too much power decided to drop something more productive than bombs he knew Sully from way back they schemed this up together Steve and Sully are mates? mates? do they
2: mate? or
1: (laughs) Sully would never put up with him I don't believe Steve's seen anyone right now.
2: Uh, oh, that's of no import to me. I don't care about that.
1: And what do you care about? Steve told us not to ask where you've come from. But may I ask where you're going? Do you have a plan? To help. Well, you're off to a pretty good start.
2: I need to know more. I need to see everything.
1: Then you should probably stick with us. Where are you going? Back home. When we're finished here, back to Gateway.
2: What is Gateway?
1: Exterior, Spearhead, Day. Pushing in on the gleaming tower, the name Spearhead emblazoned just below the top, which widens and then comes to a point, spear-like. Who is Callus? Oh, no. CEO? I think this is... Oh, no, it's you. ...a woman... Yeah. Arabella. Arabella. Mm,
2: I don't know what voice to do for her. What should she be?
1: Uh, well, she appears to be a CEO. So. Trinity. A powerful woman lady.
2: Monotone. Yeah. <laughs> you just want her completely monotone?
3: Trinity if she was a lawyer. So. Jerry? Yeah.
2: <laughs> you lost me.
1: Oh, uh, you know Carrie Ann Moss on Daredevil. Yeah, on Daredevil. And Jessica oh, I Jones. Watched Daredevil. Yeah,
2: I know. Uh, I know. I'm mo- just gonna do they're... her completely monotone. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest city in the world, the symbol of American ingenuity, prosperity, and cultural diversity.
1: Interior, Callis's office. Continuing, looking out the window, the panorama of the city is spearhead CEO Arabella Callas. Very blonde, very patrician, unflappable, and icy smooth. As lovely as she is untouchable. Because, unlike the men, we have to say how all the women are beautiful.
2: Yeah. Gotta be pretty. Literally, our gateway to the
1: world. She turns back, and we see a meeting breaking up. A few executives and city councilmen. It's easy to tell the difference, packing up their briefcases.
2: I still believe all that.
3: From up here, so do I. It's down on the street where it gets a little more confusing.
2: Yes, well, we deal in in military technology. We know a little something about gray areas.
3: (laughs) Polite laughter. (laughs) Spearhead's one of the city's biggest investors. We're not taking that lightly. We'll do our best to make these zoning issues work.
2: No one's looking for shortcuts. Let's get it right.
1: Shakes his hand.
2: City's not going anywhere.
1: Everyone but Callus exits. As soon as the doors are shut, she moves a painting behind her big desk, puts her hand on it. It glows briefly, and a tapestry behind her desk lifts, a giant steel door sliding down behind it. Interior. Spearhead war room. Continuing. Shut up, Siri! (laughs) You fucking... Across between a Wall Street trading bullpen and Houston ground control, this is where Spearhead monitors the world. There are screens with maps and satellite feeds, dozens of employees with headsets tracking troop movements, high-level government communications, even weather patterns. These employees don't wear suits, they wear black. Callus strides through the room as various employees ops, come up to her. You be the first one, I'll be the second. Okay. Talks between Kalty and the Bundu have broken
3: down. We're hearing that the generals nearly drew on each other in the room.
2: Make sure the interpreter gets his bonus. And keep our reps on point. I don't want a bullet fired that wasn't bought
1: from us. He goes. A woman approaches. Callus never stops moving. Weather patterns off the Carolina coast are getting about as hairy as predicted. Force five. And it should get pretty far inland. The White House is tracking this too, so run a scenario
2: in case there's a swift and efficient government response. Off her look. Just kidding.
1: Prep our insurance teams and make sure the news. The news is written. It turns into a light drizzle and the TV will make it feel like the last days of Pompeii. By the way, I just want to point out the joke about the poor government response. This was written the year after Hurricane Katrina. Ooh. Ooh. Shots fired. Too soon. Mm. A third puts a piece of paper in her hand. She scans it. What is this?
3: I honestly don't know. Doesn't seem
0: possible.
2: Anything is possible, Danny. Get something out there. Get someone out there. I want wit- I want eyewitness.
1: General Atu called. Wants to meet.
2: We don't need to meet. Tell him if he wants our new bombers before the Pentagon even sees them. We get 12%. Markup? Of his country, I'm going to pray.
1: She exits into a dark room at the opposite end from where she entered, paper still in her hand. Interior, prayer chamber, continuing. She goes down a few steps into a very different space, lit by torches with a grotesque statue of Ares, God of War, suspended from the ceiling like the whale in the Museum of Natural History. Beneath the statue is a pedestal with a bowl of fire. Callus goes to it, Bowing her head and whispering reverentially, as I she think the d-
2: word he's looking for is reverently.
1: Rever, yeah, reverential, yeah. Not a word. That's modern day Shakespeare. <laughs> he takes those words and bends them to his will. Y'all say. Respect it, woman. As she does, strife materializes behind her. His power of teleportation involves the stone floor sort of bulging and forming amidst crackling energy as though he's pushing his way through the earth stone becomes cape and in just a second he is behind callus a great deal bigger than life you should be on your knees
2: your uncle is not impressed by supplication strife what about the reporter
1: she's dispatched
2: you're discreet i can assume
1: He glares at her. She turns to face him.
2: It matters, Strife. The eyes of the world cannot be on Gateway. Not right now. The world is one. One in silence.
1: Oh, we were supposed to do that together.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. One in silence. Silence.
1: Yes, whatever. I know. (gasps) There was a time when the god of war made war.
2: You want war, you need armies. You need an acceptable level of poverty and ignorance.
1: Looking up at the statue.
2: Despair, rage, religious fervor, and above all, fear. Come on, Strife. You like fear.
1: Fear should be earned, not manufactured. She heads down a hall opposite the war room. He falls into step with her as she hands him the paper she was given.
2: This should put a blood-curdling smile on your face. I remember that feeling you had. Someone was coming.
1: He looks at the paper as she continues.
2: Albanian coast. Some woman took out an entire rebel brigade in just under five minutes.
0: She left
1: no dead?
2: Zero casualties. Kind of unsportsmanlike, don't you think?
0: Where is she
1: now?
2: You'll know when we do. We don't need any unknowns. If today's test goes well, it will.
1: The Chimera has hungered for this for a long time.
2: I've never seen Chimera spelled with a K. Yeah, nor I.
1: A K H, but I mean that's undoubtedly Chimera, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. They step into interior the silo, continuing a large space. We can tell by the echo in their voices. Metal, roundish, but the technology has an ancient organic edge to it. They stand on a walkway, looking at something.
2: The chimera's a machine. It doesn't hunger.
1: You profess to worship, and you deny my master's magics? Your technologies will only take you so
0: far, Ms.
2: Gallus. The age of monsters is over. Is it?
1: Is it really? (laughs) As he says it, the camera pulls back to reveal the head of the chimera. We see little more than a metal shape, the top of which resembles a cross between a lion's head and a massive rock drill. Clearly filling the entire silo, the thing writhes and spews fire. Maintenance machines arm out from the wall or crawl over it, insect-like. We catch just this glimpse and, exterior, above the city, day, we see Steve's plane as it flies directly over the spearhead tower, heading for the airstrip outside of town.
0: Fade out.
2: We're really um, consistent. We got another 24 script pages. I
3: was banging 47, page 47. Oh, I'm nice.
1: 48, yeah. So, it's still not bad.
2: It's still not bad. Female villain was not expect. I mean, clearly Ares will come to play, but I was not expecting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to have three villains, looks like. Um, two of them are dudes. Mm. One's a lady. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, she survived, though. Mini bosses. They're mini, mini bosses, mini bosses yeah. yeah. I think I think someone's gonna take out this lady. You know, a bad guy's gonna take out the other bad guy lady.
2: Or it's just strife and all the other minions will take her out.
1: Yeah. They'll yeah. consume her. I mean. yeah. yeah. It'll be like some sort of manacles. Like... Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, still we're looking at this through the scope of having heard people call it sexist yeah true there's nothing so far to indicate it that any of that will happen
2: something horrible has got to happen
1: yeah there's got to be some kind of thing that killed this script i mean does he does he refrigerate someone does he put a girl in a fridge
2: the only thing i mean or diana gets sexually assaulted
1: yeah, I really can't see that happening.
2: I can't either <laughs> Yeah
1: who the fuck Could do that Like
2: Something has got to happen For it to have been That Panned
1: And I can speak To the experience Of that Because if Dear listeners You'll go back and listen To our first two scripts Where Trevor and I Read a Highlander script That we wrote When we were 15 Oh we do have Our main female Protagonist uh, Discuss how she was raped And how it was terrible And Trevor and I are both like, wow, that's bad.
2: That's super bad.
1: When we were 15. You should stop
2: admitting to that.
1: No, well, we were 15 in the 90s and we were dumb kids who thought like, oh, the bad thing happened to a girl. I bet she got raped. And now we can recognize that to the point where we cringe at it real hard. Lots of cringe.
2: That's character development, guys.
1: Yeah, I'm happy knowing that I have character development. So whoever's writing me is clearly a better writer than I am. (laughs) That's enough for me. That's pretty meta. (laughs) Hey, Kelly. Hey, Sean. Where can people find your stuff?
2: People can keep track of my cosplay mental breakdowns leading up to Dragon Con on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. I'm not very good at Twitter, so probably won't hear a lot from me, but I'm supposedly trying. Um, All of them are at X-K-I-R-A-K-E-L-L-Y-X-Kira Kelly.
3: Josh, where's your stuff? I can do some voiceover stuff, and if you would like some of those things, joshuajbaker.com, uh... You can hook up with me there, me at joshuajbaker.com. That's my email.
1: Best way to get a hold of me. Great. And for all your Table Reads uh, goodness, go to tablereadspodcast.com. If YouTube is where you prefer to get your podcasts, go to youtube.tablereadspodcast.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Table Reads or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tablereads. Please do like and subscribe and tell all your friends how great this show is, even if you're lying. <laughs> we will see you next week. And until then, we will miss you.
0: This podcast was created by Sean McBean. For more, visit tablereadspodcast.com. Cut to black.